Gatewall.net presents an exclusive interview with Michael Shanks, Dr. Daniel Jackson, Starting SG1. For GateWorld.net, I'm Darren Semner. I'm here with Mr. Michael Shanks. Michael, thanks for being with us today. Pleasure. Tell us, uh, what did you think when you first heard the cancellation news? Were you surprised at all? For the first time, actually, I was surprised because we'd survived so many years with, um, you know, at, the, uh, at, at our own caution of, of, you know, from season five onwards, there was always the, the threat of looming cancellation. And for once, you know, the, the studio had worked out a, a two year. You know, the first time they negotiated that two-year deal instead of the one, and, and, right. and I wasn't even aware that there, the cancellation was possible. So when I heard it, um, especially based on the ratings, which weren't that bad, they were pretty good considering most of TV had dropped off 25 or 30 percent across the board. That um, I thought we were doing just fine, and then to hear it, it was kind of it was a surprise because it was the first time we thought we thought for once that we were kind of guaranteed, and uh, to find out that we weren't. But at the same time, um, after you know doing the show for five years and then not coming back for the sixth year and then coming back to the show, it's, it's, it's hard to be terribly, terribly upset about it because we've had such a wonderful run and um, have been through so much with the show that, um, you know, as much as there's people out there that believe that the, the show could go on for, forever, there's always a question of like, well, what territory haven't we discovered? What haven't we gone over? And we've gone over so much that, you know, part of me felt strangely satisfied and relieved that we were done because we were going out on such a high note and, and, uh, and uh, so I, I, I felt proud of the show. It wasn't this empty feeling that some shows would get if we were just, you know, we knew we were finishing the season, we knew that there was the potential for these movies which are now happening. So we, 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 we felt pretty good about it overall. We've had a nice, lovely run and, um, and we're ready to, to move forward. So. And you've got some movies to keep telling the story. Yeah, um, the, the, the movies that I, I've just read, the one script, I've breezed over the one script of, for um, Arc of Truth and, and uh, we're going to wrap up the Ori storyline in that one and, and um, I think that the second one will show that there's, there's more life in the franchise beyond, uh, beyond the, the, the series thing and, and for everybody that's great. It's nice to have that potential if there is more to, 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 to come up that we never have to truly leave the Stargate universe and at the same time we also get to, to move forward with our careers and, and do other things and, and be available to do other things for once so, um, so we're, we're pretty happy about that. When you look back on those ten years and on, on taking the sixth season off, does it feel like two separate pieces to you, or, or just like uh, you, you took a vacation? It, it feels like two chapters. It really does. Uh, I, I knew that at the time, and how I felt that it was time to, 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 to go at that point when I left the show after season five, and, and um, when I came back, it was a different, it was a different, different environment, and um, uh, I felt really good to be back on the show, and it felt really good to. Uh, to tell the stories that we were telling at that time, and I, I think there was a little bit more wiggle room, so it, it it was nice to have that break. I think for you know Christopher and Amanda, who didn't get a chance to have that time away, I think that they, you know, they suffered more fatigue the, the further we went along. And, and for me, I was a lot fresher when I came back, and, and it was um, it was it was nice. But it, it does feel like there was two two separate stories there, you know, almost like two separate series. So. And then with with um, with uh, Claudia and Ben coming over in the last couple of years, and yeah. Bo as well, it, that, that felt like a whole different chapter in and itself. So exactly, and Daniel got much more of a chance to step up. In yeah, the last two years. yeah, it was. That's the thing is, I you know, I was really happy that we had those two years just to, to to tell a different kind of story. It was it really was a different series for all of us, and and um, we're very pleased with how that turned out as well. So it was uh, it was nice to to you know at at, at that point to be sort of a. a We've been through it all, I think, uh, and uh, we're very happy with uh, how the show evolved as well. Well, now, uh, what uh, hints can you give us about Daniel's role in Ark of Truth? Um, from what I know about it, I think that um, we're off searching for an ark, 
<laughs> and uh, Daniel has some more uh, leftover baggage with uh, two characters uh, uh, in the universe, which is one is Merlin, and uh, the other is um, is uh, Ganos Lau, otherwise known as um, Morgan Le Fay, that we have some leftover stuff that we're going to be bringing to the table there that Daniel's uh, knowledge of is going to be intricate with, as well as um, he gets to be by her side for um, for um, Vala's. Uh, she has to deal with her her husband or ex-husband, however you want to look at that, with mm -hmm. Toman and um, and Adria as well. So there's still a little leftover stuff that uh, Daniel gets to be intricately involved with. We get to uh, to search for this this sort of secret weapon that might uh, might solve all of our problems. And and uh, of course, with the the ancient experience and with the the knowledge of the Ori, Daniel becomes uh, intricate to that particular story. Mm -hmm. yeah. And maybe some of Merlin's. Merlin's marbles are still rolling around. Well, there's something, there's, there's, there's some residual something with Merlin, and uh, I won't give away what it is, but uh, he will be part of the story for sure. Yeah. Uh, Chris is already set to put in an appearance on Atlantis this year. Is that something you'd like to do? I, I, I've always welcomed the idea of, of especially with Atlantis. Uh, I, I think uh, I've said it before that the, the the character seemed to have such a he's, he's that little boy, curious boy, and, and the discovery of Atlantis after the first seven years of the show, the idea that he, he didn't go there at all uh, and was kind of okay with that was always something I went, uh -huh. and it was nice to go there for Pegasus Project. And I think that there's, you know, because that's a, a city built by the ancients, I think that there's a story in there that could have Daniel involved. So I'm certainly open to the idea. Um, I know the guys are. Up to their ass and alligators writing for the, the the cast changes that they've had and, yeah. and they've got a lot on their plates uh, in terms of resetting up everything for that show. That the last thing they need is somebody else from SG One showing his face over there. But uh, hopefully, maybe in the latter half of that season, that they'll they'll find some room for it for sure. Yeah. Uh, with the third series of Stargate now in development, many of your fans are uh, crossing their fingers that Daniel might cross over as a main character. Is that something you'd be open to when the time came? I, I think I'm, I'm open to everything. I mean, I think that um, in the uh, in the Stargate universe, I think the character has still got uh, a lot of mileage left in terms of stories to tell. And I'm, you know, I, I loved, I've had so much fun playing in that universe, and, and, and the character almost has more than I have, that um, I'm open to the possibility of anything. But uh, I do know that, um, you know, nobody wants to turn around and make that show uh, SG-1 The Next Generation, because they have their own story and their own characters and their own universe going there, and we don't want to be too intrusive. So I think a guest spot would probably satisfy nicely whatever uh, whatever things that they want to seek. But um, you know, I'm I'm always keeping my options open for sure. Mm -hmm. One of your spotlight episodes and uh, the final the final few is the Shroud. Right. Tell us a little bit about the challenges of playing that. Well. Uh, the shroud was 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 funny because it was a very. I know that they had a lot of information. They they intended that to be a larger, more of an arc uh, kind of story, from what I understand. And and they sort of took all the the main points of that and crammed it into one story. And so there was a lot of expositing going on, a lot of uh, exposition that had to be said to catch everybody up, including the characters up on uh, on what was going on. And um, as I've said a few in a few different interviews, that. Uh, you know, to have there's a heavy prosthetic makeup that goes in, in, involved into being a prior, as well as some rather um, cumbersome prosthetic lenses that you have to wear to be the prior. And um, then, in the way that story went, uh, Daniel gets captured and sort of strapped to a chair and, and spends three quarters of the episode expositing. And so, you strap someone to a chair where they can't move their arms or legs. There's um, uh, heavy prosthetic makeup, so they can't really move their face and prosthetic lenses, so I'm practically weeping every take. Um, it was very much a challenge because it was kind of like, okay, entertain me for 45 minutes, white boy, you know, with all these different, uh, different uh, cumbersome things that were going involved uh, involved with the story. So that was challenging to try and find a way yeah. to uh, to have that be somewhat entertaining because it's a very talky episode for a long time, to be entertaining. Um, 
for that amount of time and that amount of information when you have no you know, no abilities uh, facially or, or, you know, you can only use your voice to sort of do it. So it was, it was a challenge, you know, um, not only uh, it was a challenge to come in five hours before call to put that makeup on where by the end of the day you're so tired you don't even know how to think straight. I think in that, that particular episode we shot scenes where I was both in the makeup and out of the makeup where there was an hour changeover process as well where your face is just burning when you're actually putting other makeup on to be on camera as regular Daniels. It was a... It was an interesting, um, interesting test. I, I will say I, I will always look at that as one of the biggest act, actor challenges I've ever had to do because of so many different uh, things that the audience isn't aware of that go into that particular story. That it was, um, it was very challenging to, to film that. I'll say. What really surprises me about that episode, which I guess was kind of the point, is the team beams up Daniel onto the ship, and he's happy-go-lucky Daniel. Yeah. He's not changed and, and evil like we think he should. Yeah, that was the, one of the things that I, I I didn't really talk about it with Rob that much. He's sort of given me you know a lot of license to, to 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 bring to it what I what I wanted to, and it was it reminded me a lot of of absolute power um, from the perspective of. We don't want to see, you know, if uh, I certainly didn't want to, with the amount of information that had to be uh, delivered, that I didn't want to assume a character or a caricature. Some of the priors have that sort of monotonic kind of voice and be the evil guy, kind of talking slowly like this. And, you know, I didn't want to take on a persona like that. I thought that the. Uh, the best way to do it is for the, and it's, especially because of that, that puts a taint on the character as well. It makes the audience think he's not the real character. And I think for the ambiguity of is he on our side or isn't he, you had, the makeup did its own work. It told you he was, he had, there was a transformation involved. And I think that Daniel has to remain who he is and try and convince these people from you know his place as well as, like I said, the, 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 I couldn't imagine trying to do, he had to speak very quickly to get through a lot of this you know, expository stuff, and I couldn't imagine trying to do it uh, the way the other guys do it as the prior. So I just said, I made a choice. I said, no, Daniel's Daniel. The, 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 the physical appearance is what's different about it, and the fact that he possesses these powers, and we're not sure what he's up to. And the same thing with absolute power. I always thought he has to. The character has to remain true. There's no generic evil acting you can do to, to you know, sort of throw the audience. He, the character has to remain true, and we have to believe that he's the character, but still think maybe something's up, and that was an important choice, I think, to make to make it as ambiguous as possible without hanging a lantern on anything. Uh, in the series finale, Unending, was a very startling scene between Daniel and Vala. I think you know which one I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was, um, I'm sorry, what was your question? What are the, the decisions as an actor that go into taking it to that extreme? Daniel's so mean, and then there's that Totally unexpected turn at the end. Yeah, that was something. Um, uh, Rob, uh, I think it's okay at this point to sort of talk about. Rob had had, had um, he wanted some sort of um, um, you know some sort of confrontation of sorts to take place, and he had written uh, a particular version of that scene that wasn't what we did. And, and both uh, Claudia and I kind of balked at it because it didn't feel like the characters. It didn't really feel true to the relationship as it had developed. And and um, we had always. The way it was written, I think, was a bit more where where Daniel was. You know, this, this struck me as very odd: is that they they um, kind of sleep together out of the blue, and all of a sudden you have Daniel coming to her, going, "So what does this mean? You know, are we? You know, does this mean we're in a relationship now? I mean, tell me what this means." And it, it felt very, I don't know, it kind of castrated the character a bit in terms of the resistance he'd put up for so long. That why would he all of a sudden arbitrarily sleep with her, and why would he all of a sudden be? deal with her in a different way because he understands the animal that she is. There's always been yeah. this underlying keeping her at arm's length because of the fear of getting too close. And that, So out of that, through that, Rob turned around and wrote the scene that he wrote um, uh, and we decided to, to take our own stakes with it where there was all this 
pent-up animosity that had a lot of what's gone on between Daniel and Val has been about the unspoken stuff about who, who they are and where they're coming from there's been an mm -hmm. accepted understanding of who these characters are but they've never dealt with it with each other in a head-on kind of way and that was kind of the the uh, her, we've never seen her truly vulnerable to Daniel and we've never seen him be absolutely truthful and, and, and direct in terms of his own baggage that he carries in relationships as well as his what she represents to him and we, that felt a lot truer to us and because of the nature of it the, that we didn't want to be because it, it we didn't want it to be PG or you know we didn't want it to sterilize it by having it be just a, a conversation we wanted all the emotional baggage for myself the emotional baggage of not just her but the emotional baggage of everything that she represented and how vulnerable he was making himself to come across in a way that was let's face it defensive and that was gonna of course in reality when people are defensive they behave in a very you know not quite constructive kind of manner and, and we wanted to make that as real as possible because the reconciliation was going to be there at the end we weren't going to it wasn't out of character it wasn't it was very much in character but it was a level a place that the character went that we hadn't seen him go in real life before and that was very important for us to do so yeah so it's, it's a little bit not Stargate in a lot of different ways and, and I, I know people have commented on that in terms of it not looking really out of place for the character but at the same time it's very much in place for the character in my mind do you think that resolution at the end of the scene comes about because Daniel was testing her or because he's truly genuinely surprised by what her response is? I think both. I think that there's a there's an innate testing that's going on through the course of that and he's expecting a certain response. He's expecting a more sort of playful, more sort of like, oh, how, you know, how dare you or kind of, you know, he's expecting her, her walls to go up um, because he's, it's like a, almost like a, uh, a poker match. He's waiting to see mm -hmm. if she's going to be vulnerable first before he is, and because she's so vulnerable, and he didn't expect it, that we see that resolution, that turnaround with him. Of uh, it is a test, and it's. Uh, he, I don't think, but I don't think he was expecting it at all. I think that's the that's the genuineness of it. Is when he sees her actually hurt, he's actually mortified himself that he's taken it so far. So. Um, yeah, that was uh, that, 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 the thing that came about right. I haven't actually seen the scene, but that's what we were commenting on the day. That, that that's all. All those those notes felt right. Tell us uh, about your new gig on Twenty Four. Uh, there's only so much I can tell about 24. Uh, um, I'm part of the. Uh, uh, I have never uh, worked with Kiefer at this point. Um, uh, I'm part of the. Uh, I just started watching the show in the last like five or six episodes because I wanted to get caught up because it all sort of blends together in a lot of different ways and and. Um, uh, I caught up to it and sort of recognized where it comes from. There's a, a storyline that's going on with the, with the president this year and, and, um, and the attempted assassination on, on D.B. Woodside. It plays the president, President Palmer. And then um, taking over for his character as uh, the, the vice president. Who, uh, uh, and so there's an ongoing storyline that, that is involved in the, in the White House that I'm part of. And, and my character is a, a lobbyist, Mark Bishop, who's uh, in, a, in a sort of covert relationship with um, one of the um, uh, uh, President Daniels, uh, Vice President Daniels' staff, and uh, that will sort of come to fruition in a lot of diff different ways. And and, um, and there's the character also has a, a sort of uh, ace up his sleeve as well. So there's a lot more intrigue that goes on than is immediately apparent. So um, I'm very happy working over there. One of my one of my favorite people in the entire universe, Brad Turner, who's uh, directed a few episodes of SG One, yeah. is a supervising producer over there and has been for the last couple of years. And and uh, he directed the first two episodes I was in, and, and um, it's this wonderful, wonderful, familiar feeling. The, the gal that uh, plays my love interest is uh, an actress I worked with 
13 years ago in Stratford, and we hadn't really seen a lot of each other until we showed up on set and it was like, oh my God, you know. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. It felt, it felt very much, uh, it was a very comfortable environment. They have a wonderful crew. Uh, the casting director is actually a huge fan of Stargate. Peggy Kenny is a big fan of, a fan of, this, of, of SG-1, and, and um, so it, it, it felt very much like home over there, and I really enjoyed, um, I've enjoyed my time that I've spent over there. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. It's going to be great to see you on such a high-profile network show. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it's, it's, it's uh, you know, uh, we, 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 we like to look at it more as just another opportunity in a, in a really great show. And it's, you know, uh, I, I'm not a big fan of the notion of hit shows or anything like that, but this is just a really well-done show, and I'm, their attention to detail and, their, and their, their writing and everything like that is really wonderful. So it's, it's been a lot of fun, I will say that. It's been, uh, it's been a hoot to, to play in that playground, for sure. You're headlining all four of Creation's uh, official conventions this year. Yeah. Are you still uh, having fun entertaining and interacting with the fans? I do. I, I mean, I don't know, you know, ten years from now if I'll have this much fun. It's always nice to, to, to talk about the, 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 new, uh, the new things that are going on with SG-1 and, the, right. and, and whatnot. Um, you know, I don't know if I'll necessarily be doing headlining them in ten years from now, but uh, it is fun to interact with the people, and as long as there's uh, continuous fresh questions about fresh material that are coming up up there, I'm happy to, to do it. And it's always nice, you know, at this convention, there's so many new faces. Uh, as well. Uh, it's nice to, to meet the fans from all across the world that, that come out to these things and, and, uh, and uh, you know, we, we, like to, we like to entertain us actors so it's nice to, mm -hmm. to get on stage and, uh, and, uh, and talk about them and even telling old stories. It's nice to put a fresh spin on them so uh, yeah. I've, I've always enjoyed uh, my time with the, with the audience. It's, it's, uh, it's such a breeze and they're so passionate about the show and they, uh, they've, they've, they've reminded me uh, a lot of the time that I have to remember all this stuff <laughs> as the years go by as well. So, uh, and Creation's been very, very, very good and very patient with my schedule over the years, so I'm happy to work with them again. When you look back on Stargate SG-1 20 years from now, what do you think is going to stand out in your mind? I think uh, what a great place to start. I mean, uh, you know, uh, I, I plan on um, still being part of the industry and still being part of the business 20 years from now. And I think um, I had one of the best experiences a, a young per person could who was starting out fresh in the business, you know, right out of theater school and right out of out of Stratford that I didn't have much experience. And, and the fact that we, I didn't have to learn by bouncing back and forth between shows. I got to stay on one for long periods of time and, and, uh, and really learn the business from the ground up, uh, that it was a great opportunity and a wonderful group of people to go through that with. And it'll be, I think this experience will, A, probably never be repeated in my, my career, but, uh, but something that um, I've always, I'll always have the tremendous admiration for with not only the experience and, and, and the, the, the homey feeling it was every day to go to work, but also with the, the people that were involved. I always feel a special affinity to those people, and I'll, I'll always remember this experience fondly for sure. It's amazing to go out into the world um, and work with other actors now. Not that I haven't worked with them before, but it, with a different perspective, having that show be done now, not say, oh, I'm just on a break from such and such and so and so. First of all, there's so many people that know about the show, which I never really knew before, in the business itself, and um, and the, the high regard that they have for it, but also the, the, the admiration, even on a show like 24, with, they're on their sixth season right now, and the, their admiration for lasting as long as 10 years. And you really realize when you look at a show like 24, and the, the crew on there who's very close, tight-knit tight as well are looking at a 10-year run as like amazing. Um, Part of it uh, uh, in television, it's just such a rarity to go down to pilot season and be reading for shows that may not ever see the light of day, and and, and let alone get picked up for th six episodes or thirteen in the last ten years. It's just such a pipe dream to yeah. so many people. I'm in a strange way. I would guess I was naively blessed with the fact that uh, my first one turned out to be so good. Where I'm actually looking at the rest of the industry, going, why, why does this seem so hard to you out there? It was so easy back here. <laughs> 
but uh, yeah, it was a great place to start and a great place to, to learn so much about the industry and, and the process um, on so many different levels. I mean, the fact I, I would have never, if I had just been bouncing from show to show to show, ever directed or written or anything like that. And it was nice to be in a, a place that allowed us the opportunity to take those chances with us, really. And I'll always have that. Uh, that uh, warm, fuzzy feeling for all the experience that uh, this show has, has given me, for sure. you have any final words for your fans? Nope, just that I hope, I'm sorry that, uh, that uh, we're so behind the UK, and I hope they're pirating it as much as they can, but we'll be, hope they keep watching in April just to, 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 show, uh, to show the Sci-Fi Network that this, 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 this horse uh, still had a lot of legs left in her, and, and, uh, and that um, we're looking forward to, to being on the screen for the movies, and I hope they join us for, for the further adventures. It's been a wonderful ride, and we're, we hope to keep uh, going a little longer. Yeah, we're looking forward to lots more. Yeah, uh, definitely. Disengaged.